Welcome to Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Common Sense Leadership is an influencer podcast that will make you think, laugh, and act. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and tell a friend to also listen and subscribe. Now, let's join our host. Hi, everybody, and happy Friday. Yay, it's Friday. Happy Friday. I am super stoked uh, for today and for this phenomenal week that I have had. I hope your week has been as good as mine, probably better in some cases, but I've had a fabulous week. And needless to say, I'm kind of happy to see the end of the week. But I wanted to remind you of what our theme is for the month. Our theme is mentoring to influence positive change mentoring to influence positive change. So with that being our theme and really looking at ways in which I could share some interviews or some conversations with you that could help you as you're looking at how you want to be mentored and the kinds of information and the kind of guidance that you perhaps need uh, in your career and even in your personal life. The thing about being in October, being the 10th month of the year, we're fastly getting to the end of the year. And as we get closer to the end of the year, I don't know about you, but I really like to take stock. Have I done some of the things that I wanted to do for the course of, for, throughout the course of the year? Have I accomplished some of the goals that I wanted to accomplish? Have I done some of the things that, that I really, really had as a stretch goal? And so what I wanted to share today uh, I wanted to share today and next week, I'm going to bring back a couple of interviews that have been so, so poignant. I have been really blessed by listening to uh, previous conversations and podcasts. I've received several texts and emails this week, and even a couple of folks hit me up on social media and said, you know what, LD, I really enjoyed this particular uh, interview. This person had so much to say that resonated with me around this or that. And so I'm, I'm so happy that uh, the interviews and the conversations are meeting some of the needs that you have, or at least getting you thinking in a certain direction to lean more towards you um, accomplishing some of the goals that you want to accomplish. So this week, what I wanted to do is to bring back a conversation around asking. How, am, how should I ask for what I want? Currently, things are happening. A lot of things are shifting, and a lot of people are changing jobs or going to different industries even. And you may be thinking about, well, what should I do? I love my job. I love the folks I'm working with, or I'm interested in doing something else. What should I do? How should I approach the conversation around what I want? Do I, do I feel underutilized? Am I, have, I, have I already exhausted all of the things that I need to do in the, my current role, and I want more. I want to do more. I want different responsibilities. So I'm bringing to you today one of my good friends, Maria Brennan. And Maria is the president and CEO of the Women in Cable Telecommunications Organization, WICT, as we like to call it. And I wanted to bring her interview back. Such a thought-provoking interview around asking and really creating a strategy around getting what you want. And so if you would join me uh, in enjoying and re-enjoying uh, this conversation uh, with Maria Brennan, the president and CEO of Women in Cable Telecommunications, WICT. And she has a great, 
great conversation with me around asking how to ask and the strategy around getting what you want. I hope you'll enjoy this interview and share it with others as we are preparing uh, to get some of the things that we really want. And mentoring is one of the ways uh, to influence positive change in others. I hope you enjoy the interview. Thanks for joining. Make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already, but tell others to also subscribe. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Talking about the art of the ask. Maria, welcome. Hi. Oh, it's so great to see you, my friend. How have you been? I've been well. I'm better now that I see you. Let me let me just start. Let's jump in because you said some great things uh, to us earlier, right before we got started. I really want to give you an opportunity to share because I do believe, and I'm not just saying this because you're on. You are an amazing person when it comes to getting what you want. First of all, you know what you want, and then you just go after it. Uh, so before we jump into that, would you share with us uh, a little bit more about your leadership journey? How did it all start? Sure. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, you know, it's funny, um, now that I'm almost 30 years into my career, I get asked that question a lot more than I was asked, you know, five or 10 years into my career. I don't know that I ever aspired LD to be um, the president and CEO of a diversity-based organization, but I sure am glad that this is the journey that um, life has led me to because I am very, very passionate about the kinds of things that you and I care about. And I think hopefully the rest of the world uh, cares about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, you know, I started out young, young in the field, in the nonprofit field, and um, got very, very lucky early on to, you know, take a few risks, um, ask for those promotions i really thought i could handle and maybe wasn't entirely qualified for and in the end when i look back now it's paid off so it's fitting that i'm here talking to you about the art of the ask because had i not asked for things along the way i assure you i uh, i wouldn't be where i am and i will be 100 percent candid with you i love where i am not necessarily because of all the riches and all the fame but i love this idea of leaving the world a little bit better than how i found it by virtue of the work that we do at women in cable telecommunications you know maria i tell you you're modest you're very modest and you have done a phenomenal job i met you several years ago uh right when you were just coming on as the president and the ceo and i have just definitely seen a difference in the organization a difference in the in the programs, a difference in just a caliber of people that enter this program. And I'm, I'm going to give you a moment to do your brag thing. Talk a little bit more about WIC. That's that's the acronym. Talk a little bit more about WIC and then talk about uh, how powerful the Betsy Magnus uh, Leadership Institute is in the industry. So talk a little bit more about that. Oh, gosh, I love I love talking about WIC. <clears throat> so, you know, um, when we talk about leadership, I think one of the greatest qualities you can have as a leader is surrounding yourself with people who are really good at the things that you're bad at. And knowing um, what you're not so good at is just as important as knowing what you're good at doing. So um, while I love getting all kinds of accolades for where we've come in the 10 years that I've been at WICT, I can tell you for sure that I've worked hard. Um, I will love to take some credit, but I'm also going to have to give away some credit because I work with some phenomenal leaders. Our board of directors is really the who's who in media. The content leaders that we work with, Center for Creative Leadership, people like ULD, 
who populate and bring us the Betsy Magnus Leadership Institute. I mean, you know, these are some of the greatest minds uh, in education. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate and blessed really to um, work with an organization that people are attracted to. And, um, and don't get me wrong, I've worked very, very hard over the last 10 years, but between the many, many volunteers, the incredible staff at WICT, and the content leaders that we work with, um, you know, I was set up to succeed. We'll put it that way. Well, that you were now, now brag a little bit on Betsy on Betsy Magnus. Uh, talk about the how the the various programs in the industry are rated, and where Betsy Magnus uh, BMLI kind of falls within that. And then I think we just graduated what our one thousandth graduate uh, two years ago. I think it was. And so yes, we're growing, that and I and I consider I'm I'm like you. I'm an honorary Betsy. So so talk a That's little bit right. more about Betsy and and that program. Oh, I'd be happy to. So the thing that Wicked brings to market, um, you know, really there are three things that we bring to market. Um, one is we provide resources to um, our industry through member benefits. The second is we commission original research that allows us to actually count women and people of color in the media, um, entertainment and technology fields. That's important because, you know, measurement um, is everything, right? You're not, you're able to make informed decisions. And the third thing we bring is what you're referring to, and that is continuing education programs and leadership development programs for women in media, entertainment, and technology. And what that looks like is really kind of like a pyramid LD. It starts with the foundation, our local chapters, we're a global organization. We have 24 local chapters, including Latin America, Amsterdam, UK, all over the United States. And then inside of that pyramid of programs, we sort of hit the peak with the Betsy Magnus Leadership Institute and our Senior Executive Summit at Stanford with the Graduate School of Business. Those two programs alone have graduated close to 1,500 women. And when I think about um, the level of impact that they've had in our industry, not merely because of our program, but certainly um, that's part of their leadership journey. It makes me really proud to know that we're bringing something to market that really makes a difference in terms of the legacy and leadership that, that um, women have um, by virtue of their participation in BMLI and some of our other uh, flagship programs. Well, thank you, ma'am. That's a perfect segue into my next question, which is our theme. So when you started 10 years ago, uh, Wicked was in a, in a it was in a good place, and I, I believe it was in a good place. And I started ten years ago, so we were about the same time. So we were like we we're like besties, you know. And we're so besties. when you we're think besties. of, I know abs absolutely with bestie Betsy's. So when you think about <laughs> where where the organization was, and how do you get in order? How do you move an organization from where it is? Because you had a vision. I know you, you give you give the people around you, you give the, the folks that you uh, that that support you and the people that are in partnership and collaboration with you. Give us a lot of credit and we appreciate that. But it takes a vision to even get to the ask. So talk a little bit about your vision and how did you really foresee where we are? Because we could not as an organization, any organization gets nowhere without a leader with a vision of what to even ask for 
because that's where you know you want to go. So talk a little bit about your process and then talk about the ask and how do you, how do you get the courage? And you said something earlier, uh, right before we started about, you know, you get a hundred percent of, of you, you, you're a hundred percent guaranteed to fail if you never ask. So talk about your process, you know, your vision, and then talk about how do you get to the place and the courage to really ask for what you want. So please. Um, when you talk about the success that WIC has seen over the last decade, um, I, I was very clear about what our value proposition was. And I think that's important. That can apply to an organization. It can apply to an individual. It can apply to a department. WIC's value proposition was the business case, the strong business case that diversity, equity, and inclusion meant to a competitive business. We're in a competitive field and I knew by virtue of the fact that I had been in the diversity space for years before I joined WICT that when you're able to make a really strong case for why diversity matters, you know, for your bottom line, for your shareholders, for your team, then you're going to have a much better chance of getting people to sort of jump on the magic carpet ride with you, right? And so we always stuck with data and research and demonstrable facts, nothing anecdotal, all very empirical. And now I'm going to carry that over to the second part of this is, is the art of the ask. You know, first of all, you're right. You will get uh, your chances go way up of getting something when you actually ask for it, right? Um, oftentimes in the workplace, I think we believe that our managers, our leaders, the higher, the higher ups sort of instinctively know what we're doing that's wonderful and important and great for the company. And while they may know that, it is part of our job to put our successes forward, right? Not in a way that it becomes your full-time job to say how wonderful you are, but you know, in a way that is demonstrable, in a way that is able to um, show leaders and show those who um, who are watching that uh, that these are the things that are happening. So I think that's one part of of the ask is making sure that you know your value and making sure that you know what your value proposition is, and then ultimately making sure that you know how to communicate what that is. Because, you know, everybody's sort of looking out for themselves and they're not necessarily, not in a negative way, but they're not necessarily thinking about, you know, what wonder, what what is the wonderful thing that Maria Brennan did today? So it's a little bit on Maria Brennan to talk about some of those wonderful things um, as part of the overall strategy of, you know, being really good at what you do. Um, and, and LD, I'm just going to say this one thing, because when we think about the art of the ask, a lot of times we think about it in terms of, pay, you know, more pay and, and um, upward mobility, advancement. What I like to tell people, um, because, I, you know, I talk about this a lot, is, is make sure for, first and foremost that you are excellent at your job. Not perfect because nobody is, but be really good at your job um, before you necessarily ask for more. Just be great at your job first, and then then it's time for you to really hone the art of the ask. Does that make Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Oh, oh, absolutely. Because um, you you really hit on something that uh, Susan Jen Davis talked about at the end of March. She talked about 
experience versus skill. And what you're talking about is a skill part of your job, being really good at what you do. If you make widgets, make the best darn widgets you can before then you start asking for other experiences and those experiences will then build and build. And, and you said something also that this, uh, that uh, Susan said last month is this, she said, I was not, I was not 100% ready, capable, had all of the uh, qualifications for that position, but I was good at my job to your point. I had the skills, but I also had the courage to take some risks, you know, some smart risks. Hey, raise my hand. Hey, I'm willing to try that. I'm really willing to do that. And I think that's what you've been talking about. And one of the things that you don't talk about very much about yourself, which I have observed over the, over the last 10 years is that you are bold. You are a woman of courage. You're like, uh, okay. Uh, I need that. I need to talk to that person and you're over there and you're doing it. So talk to me about, and my audience about where did this boldness come from? I know, you know, you got some family stuff. I'm, I know you want to share mom's there. So share some, a little bit, share with us a little bit more about where did all this come from for, for you, uh, in your, in your background and in your, your family life, share that please. Well, you know, I, I am a, I'm a first generation Greek. So my mother, you know, she wasn't born here and I, and it was, it was, um, you know, and I grew up speaking Greek, uh, until she learned English. And then as we sometimes see with immigrants, she'd say, you know, like stop speaking Greek. You know, I want people to think I'm American. Um, so, and you know, it's uh so so i think i learned a lot from her about um just this this notion of um working hard right um you know she couldn't speak a lick of english and she came here and she taught herself to read and write she had a successful real estate career so i think she taught me a lot about work ethic um and then my father is one of these um atypical dads he's no longer with us but you know he was a bebop jazz musician you know and and this is not your usual father's occupation so you know i got sort of the work ethic from my mom the creative from my dad so maybe it created somebody who was willing to be a little bit less conventional when it came to um asking for things that i want or or maybe speaking my mind but there's one thing i like to tell people because a lot of people think that it's the domineering personality or it's the extrovert who always gets what she wants um i don't think that's true i think it's the people who um are able to be just a little brave in the moment that bravery is called for that get what they want you know, I, I think it's funny when I hear people say like, oh, I, I wouldn't want to ask for that because I'm non-confrontational. I, I don't think anybody who's normal really is confrontational. Um, it's just really kind of mustering up that that grit. You know, Angela Duckworth talks about that in her book. You just, you just have to muster up the grit at the right time in order to ask for what you want. And I think that I have managed to do that. I, I don't think I'm nearly as... Um, I don't think I have nearly as much chutzpah as I have good timing and I know when to dig deep to sort of like just um, just go for it. And having said that, I mean, Susan Jen Davis, she's she's an, a gifted um, speaker. I can't even stand the notion that I had to follow her LD because she's she's so amazing. But I will say to to um, to Susan's point, you know, you have to 
be willing to take some calculated risks inside of your career in order to in order to sort of catapult yourself at a pace that that may be quicker than what it would otherwise be if you're really passive about your career you have to be you have to be more aggressive and aggressive is not a bad word it's a good word um so so i think that's where you start to see some um differentiations and who's who's advancing faster uh, you know you you just every time you say something that it brings something else to mind. So, so, so you said something that I think a lot of people kind of lean towards, oh, I'm not as extroverted as so-and-so. I'm not as bold as so-and-so. And you talked about timing, you know, just knowing the right time. And the other thing that I think you have, have very much mastered is just understanding the lay of the land. You, you read a room very well. You know, you walk into a room and, and you work a room, but also you read the room. So talk a little bit about that skill that you have, and I'm sure it's grown and developed over time around timing and then around really reading the room and not only working it, but reading that room. You know, actually, I think you're you're bringing up a really important point. You know, um, one of the things that um, one of the uh, professors at Stanford taught us in in one of our programs, and I kind of believe this is that um, every woman has a superpower, and I think we used to call it a women's intuition or whatever. But um, I kind of ascribe to this notion, and if and and it got the classroom thinking about what our superpower might be. And I do think I have a gift for kind of um, reading a room, like sort of, sort, I, I, I look a lot more than, I, I, I'm very observant, I'll put it that way. So one thing I would impart to your audience is, you know, we've heard this expression, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Listen intently and watch people because you'll really learn it's it's not a deceptive thing. It's it's almost a, a a reverence thing. It's like you're giving them a level of respect because you're you're assessing what's important to them, the what's in it for them. And I think when you talk about the art of the ask, you want to frame your asks in a way that it's going to be receptive to the listener. So um, so yeah. So so listen intently and try to read um, physical cues. Um, and some of that comes with experience, but some of it is just simply uh, listening more and, and maybe talking less and, and timing it properly. Wow. Well said. Well said. So if you were to give our audience one call to action, it could be more than one, but a call to action around the art of the ass this week, something you'd say, if you want something, this is what you should start doing this week. I want you to talk to our individuals. And then if you would segue into giving organizations uh, a call to action, especially about being a little bit more receptive uh, when people ask, especially when somebody that doesn't normally ask starts asking, what should they do? So first about the individual, for the individual, and then with uh, the organization, if you would, please. So one of the things I do, it's, it sounds so, so silly, but I've been doing this since I was a kid and it works honestly as a, as a, the grown woman that I am. And I've tried to um, impart this to my two daughters who are in their twenties, right? Um, play this game with yourself, play this game in your head. It goes like this. 
what's the worst that can happen game. And then you do the what's the best that can happen game. And inevitably, when you're able to play this game in your head and realize that the worst that can happen is that you get like a no, right? <laughs> like the, That's literally the worst that can happen. Nobody's going to like, you know, there will be no scorched earth. It's all going to be okay. And then the best that can happen is exponentially better. So that's what we call taking a calculated risk, right? So when you play the what's the worst that can happen game, and then you say, well, look at all the things, the good things that could ensue, then in, then you're going to hopefully have, you know, the, the gumption, the guts, the grit to make the ask. Um, and, and I think that also is going to give you the level of confidence you need in order to ask in a way that isn't like an apologetic ask, but sort of a stand up straight, you know, um, articulate clearly, don't be apologetic and just, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You're asking for what you want, why you want, how you want, and telling them why it matters to you, why it should matter to them. And um, and when you play the what's the worst that can happen game, it sort of, it, for me, it empowers me to um, maybe be a little braver than I might be otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> so now if you would talk to talk to an or an organization, uh, give them a call to action. How should they be more open and receptive if they're getting asks from people that don't typically ask a woman, a person of color? So if you would give them a little advice, please. Well, especially in the in the universe we're in right now, if somebody is making the overtures to really talk to um, you as an employer, as a leader, as a manager, as an HR professional, whatever whatever the case may be, it means it's a, that it is important enough that it rises above the isolation, the COVID, the quarantine that we're feeling, because we have to remember life will go back to you know, air quotes, normal, whatever, whatever the new normal may look like. And we have to continue to run our businesses. We have to continue to advance people. We have to recruit. We have to retain. All of those things are coming right back along with vaccinations and along with um, kind of managing this, this pandemic. So if somebody's coming to you in these circumstances, you should absolutely listen because it's that important to them. That's one thing. The other thing I'll tell you is that, you know, in general terms, when somebody who doesn't typically comes to you and asks for something, it means that if you aren't receptive to it, you would run the risk of losing them. And we know that losing an employee is far more expensive than recruiting somebody. So we want to make sure that we're giving people every opportunity, whether they ask or not, to advance through our organizations because they're deserving and because you um, you have a commitment to their development and a commitment to the company. So, uh, you know, my advice would be nowadays, you know, it's really easy to see what a company is all about. It's at your fingertips. So you want to do everything you can do to differentiate yourself from your competitors, because if you don't, they'll come they'll come after your people. And um, and that's that's worse. That's very costly. That's worse than losing somebody. So listen intently. It works both ways for sure. 
Wow, this has been phenomenal. I, I want you to know that. And and I am so happy. I know you're like crazy busy. I know. I know you're crazy busy. And I do appreciate you. I, I had to lean in on my friendship uh, to get you scheduled. <laughs> and I do appreciate that. LD, uh, and I do. We're all, we're all crazy busy, my friend. I'm so happy <laughs> to spend a moment with you and your audience anytime. I know. And you know what, Maria, you have been, uh, you and Wicked, uh, Walter Cates Foundation and, and, the, and that whole industry, you guys really stepped up and, and, set, and stood out uh, against uh, racism. And especially when we were doing the Black Lives Matter movement, it's still going on. But at the onset two years ago, a year ago, especially after the George Floyd murder, you guys really stepped up and leaned in. And, uh, and, and we appreciate that our communities, all communities uh, appreciate that. Because as you said, it is so easy now to, to see what a company or an organization is about because everything is out, out on the web and people are very transparent. They're, they're eager to go in there and to look. And, and as I leave, uh, let you go rather, I wanted you to have some parting words. I know you have some regarding our escalating violence and racism against our AAPI brothers and sisters. I posted on all of my social media platforms that, that these blatant acts of racism uh, they're they not they're not to be trivialized or to diminished or even to be you know kind of blown off as a, as a bad day. It's racism, plain and simple. Whether it's uh, a black man, whether it's a black woman, whether it's uh, an Asian woman or man, or whether it's a Latino, whether it's uh, any person of color, we cannot stand for this. And as I've said on my platforms, we are better than this. It's just a small just cancerous part of our community that's that's perpetuating this and and i did want to give you an opportunity to to say something on that because i know like i said you are right there out front being bold tell your greek mom and dad they did a great job in giving you that boldness and courage and if you would please have some parting words on that well i'll try i'll try to do it without getting emotional i mean you're so right we're so much so much better than this as a um, as global citizens, as human beings, as, you know, um, you know, as caring, feeling people. So uh, I'll say only that um, keep fighting the good fight, keep, keep putting, uh, words do matter, um, images matter, keep putting it out there um, so that we can take people who don't understand, don't get it, aren't, are, 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 you know, complicit in their silence um, and start to flip them into the correct way of thinking so that, you know, everybody is treated with um, kindness and caring and equality. You know, it's, it's the do unto others sort of basic principle that we probably all grew up with and uh, that we need to um, parking back to now more than other more than ever you know treat people the way you want to be treated do unto others you know and um and stay safe yeah can't wait to see you again my friend i can't wait to see you either i'm ready you know i've had both of my vaccinations i'm ready to hug myself you know i'm just ready to hug you uh, <laughs> Soon. i'm only i'm only halfway back this half of me is safe. This other half of me is trailing behind. That's soon. I'll wait till you get the second one. Then we'll do a whole bunch of smooching and kissing and hugging, you know. Okay. 
Maria, I just wanted to thank you so much for being on today <clears throat> and for sharing your time with us and not only your time, but your wisdom. Uh, you're helping a lot of people. And I want to thank you again uh, for the great work that you're doing in the media space, technology space, and the telecommunication space. One of the Betsy's from our last cohort said something. She said, we are helping to shape the images that our communities see. And she said, we need to step up and continue to do the great work that we're doing. So I just wanna thank you for that. And thank you for the vision that you have for Women in Cable and just being my friend. And thank you for being on. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Give the family my best. I look forward to hugging you soon. LD, I am so much richer for having you as my friend. Thank you. Oh, thank you. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in and for supporting me. I don't take your support for granted. I am both grateful and humbled. Join us next week for another episode. And remember to subscribe and ask others to subscribe. Go to our website at commonsenseleadership.org for more detail. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast and omni-channel experience is brought to you by the Walter Cates Foundation, the entertainment and telecommunication industry's leading national foundation dedicated to advocacy around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we are proud to have them as our signature partner. We are very grateful for their generosity and for their support. To learn more, visit waltercates.org. Thank you for joining Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Visit our website, commonsenseleadership.org, for more details. See you next week.